0: Thank you for downloading and listening to the Briam Bible Church Sunday morning podcast. Briam Bible Church is located in Shoreline, Washington, morning worship at 11, and many more events throughout the week. For more information, please visit our website at www.bereanshoreline.org. Our adult Sunday school classes all have, well, most of them, have uh, Greek names. They're Greek words from the New Testament. And uh, one of the classes uh, we have is called Erydzo. And Erydzo is uh, from the Greek, and it's our young adult class. And it's the, uh, the name of the group that um, is uh, college age that uh, Gary and others have worked with over the years. And we're going to be talking about that today. Erydzo, keep that word in mind. And at least you'll know today when you leave uh, what that name means and why they chose that name. As we study Colossians together, let's pray. Father, as we open your word, we do pray that our hearts would be tuned to your word this morning. Uh, We never take for granted the freedom we have to come and worship as we please. We realize uh, today as we meet, we have brothers and sisters around the world who meet in great danger. And we pray for them, we are one with them, and together as the body of Christ... We lift your name, we share your love, we sing your praise, and we thank you for your presence with us. Bless your word to our hearts now in Christ's name. Amen. Our theme each week, I just want to remind you, and I know last week as Pastor Gary uh, spoke from Colossians chapter 2, that that was the uh, portion of scripture that uh, our theme is found in. Colossians chapter 2. And our theme for this series is encouraged in heart, united in Christ, united in love, and knowing Christ. And this morning we're going to begin at chapter two, verse six, and we're going to read. uh, We're going to be looking today through verses twelve, but mainly in the first part of this section. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in Him, rooted. And built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Our word aridzo is the word for rooted. And that's why this particular class chose that name for their class because they wanted to be rooted in God's Word and rooted in the Lord Jesus Christ. A root system. I don't know about you, but, um, you know, root systems in our yards, in our uh, neighbor's yards and so forth can affect our lives in a lot of ways. Uh, A few years ago, we had a a sewer back up in our our, uh, neighborhood because uh, we share a sewer line with our neighbors, they share with us. Turned out it was a tree out in the parking strip uh, that I had planted some years ago as a gift to trees. It was supposed to, the tag said it would grow to about 12 feet. Uh, I think it's at about 30 feet right now. I'm not sure how high, maybe 25 feet. And uh, so I'm not sure how high it's going to keep growing. (laughs) But the root system obviously is fairly uh, rigorous because it invaded our sewer line. And we had it fixed, spent a lot of money, had it all done, some new high-tech work and liners and joints and everything. But a month ago, same thing happened. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. It wasn't supposed to happen. It had a guarantee for X amount of years, and they fixed it on their, on their uh, guarantee, which I appreciated. And somehow this joint system, they joined the pipes and the new and the old and everything, those roots found their way in it. And they have a new system now, uh, new joints, a whole new way of doing it. I'll let you know in a few years, um, <laughs> one way or another, how it goes. But one of my friends here who works in the industry of uh, water engineering uh, said, because I said, maybe that tree should come down. I'll plant a new one somewhere else. Uh, And he he reminded me, he says, "Uh, uh, roots in the dry season will always find the water. They'll always find the water. In Colossians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul says, as you have received, he's talking to believers here, you've received Christ Jesus the Lord. Continue and you notice to live in him. You may remember a few weeks ago when we started this series we talked about walking in the Lord Jesus Christ, and that the, the word is is to walk around, peripot, to walk around. And it's translated in NIV in the places where it's used as live, because that's the implication. But the literal meaning is to walk around in the Lord Jesus Christ. As you have received him, continue to walk, walk walk in him. We talk about our Christian walk, and that's why, because that's the word that's used here. And he says, as you do so, and he uses several what we call verbs here in the passive. This simply means it's something that happens to you. This is interesting to keep in mind. You know, there's the active, active verbs is something I do. Uh, the, the, you know, the, the passive verb is something that happens to me. And in this idea, he says here, here's what what we want you to do. We want you to walk in the Lord Jesus Christ, and we want you to be rooted, being rooted in the Lord Jesus Christ. And just as those root systems go down into the ground and put their roots down and spread out and intermingle and anchor a tree, grass, a flower, those roots, it's so important. I bought... Uh, I bought something this year for my wife for Valentine's Day, something a little different. Rather than buy roses, I bought, it came with a, it had a, it's a vase with tulips in it. And I could see the roots going down in the bottom of the vase. And it said, add water to the bottom of the bulbs. So I did that. And I put it in my office. I hid it around the side of my desk so she wouldn't see it. And uh, because I had to buy it some days early and, the day I brought it home, the tulips were already opened up and about ready to fall apart. Well, it didn't occur to me it meant to add the water when you are ready to present them, <laughs> not before. So I added the water, and they did their thing, and they grew. And um, so she got to enjoy them for about a day or so before they looked bad, you know. But I could see that root system. You could just see it through the glass, that root system. And the minute you added water, it pulled up that water, took it in, and the flowers bloomed. The Apostle Paul says, as you have received Christ and continue to walk in him, be rooted. Put your roots, put your roots down into the Lord Jesus Christ where they are secure, where they can draw up the nutrients, the soil that provides the nutrients and the life that they need. Put it into Jesus Christ. We are here today, we are Christians, we are Christ ones. We are here today to worship the Lord Jesus Christ Christ. We are here today to proclaim, to sing his name, to sing about our wonderful God. And we are here today to remind ourselves that we need the Lord Jesus Christ. We need daily to walk in him. We need daily to think about him. We need daily to focus on him. We need daily to have our roots continue to grow and to grow and to spread and to anchor us in him. Paul goes on to say, we are built up. This the idea here is the idea of being grounded. You know I remember when uh, 19, whatever it was, early '60s when they built the space needle. I remember as a kid one time, I don't know it was a local magazine or something and talking about uh, and, and Don Nelson, your dad confirmed this to me because he was on that project of building the space needle about how far down they had to go to anchor what went up. It's grounded. It's a building term. It's a foundation term. And the Bible uses this terminology a lot about our relationship with the Lord, that we are to be grounded in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul says, walk in the Lord Jesus Christ. Put your roots down deep. Let them soak up the nutrients that he's willing to provide that we need for our spiritual walk and our spiritual life. And as we do so, we will find ourselves grounded, to be grounded in God's Word in God's will to be grounded in God himself. And then the third thing, all in the passive, to be firm, to be strong, to be firm. Continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught. This is written to believers. This is written to believers. This is why we this is why we gather. This is why we share as families. This is why we read God's word during the week. This is why we pray and this is why we think about the Lord Jesus Christ and put him at the forefront because we are called to be rooted, to be grounded, and to be firmly established in the faith. This is a young church. This is the church that I remind you, the Apostle Paul has not visited yet. He doesn't know all these people by, by face. He knows them by connections. But he, he loves them and he's concerned for them and he's concerned for their well-being. And he, and, he, and, he, and he pleads with them to do this, to be strong in this in the hostile environment that they may find themselves in. As I prayed earlier today, and that, as I, and I do, and I do think of that as a pastor, I am reminded of brothers and sisters around the world who, who are suffering today. Pastors who are doing what I'm doing, who will be in jail tomorrow because of doing this, because of dare opening God's word and, and preaching. But they're willing to do this, that people may be grounded and firm, and pay the price to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he says this, overflowing with thanksgiving. The result of this type of lifestyle. This, this is the result of being rooted in the Lord Jesus Christ. A rizo, putting your roots down, being grounded, being firm and strengthened. As you were taught, and overflowing with thanksgiving. Overflowing with thankfulness, even when times are hard, even when times are difficult, even in the challenges of life that many of you are going through right now, to be overflowing with thankfulness that we even have this privilege of knowing Christ, of knowing his word, of putting our roots down, taking our, our babies and these little children and providing the context in which they can grow up with their roots going down into the Lord Jesus Christ, to his word, to his family, to the Holy Spirit. This is what God has called us to walk in, and then we come to verse eight. Whoops, excuse me, to be grounded and established in faith. Before we go there, this I wanted this this verse I think of often. This is the the first Psalm, Psalm one, and he shall be like a tree planted by the I know you can't see it too well, planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth its fruit in his season. This is the man. The Bible says the person who does not walk in the way of the sinners and sit in the way of the scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. By meditating on his word, by thinking of God and thinking of God's word, he is like a tree that is planted by the waters. I love this imagery of of a river, especially in the Middle East where this, this psalm is written in the context. And to think of this context of a river, of an oasis, where the, where the roots can go down and go to that water, and they can flourish even in the desert when there's a river of water. And blessed is the man who puts his thoughts on God. He is like those trees. Blessed is the woman who puts her thoughts on God. She is like that tree whose roots go deep and soak up that water and can flourish and can find that strength. In verse 8, Colossians 2, chapter 8, see to it that no one takes you captive and this word here is the word it's a rare word in the New Testament it means to take to kidnap to take quickly by force and action to kidnap don't let anybody kidnap you now notice through hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ if you look at this verse, and I, and I thought of some of the, the implications of this. We are to be grounded and established in the faith, and we can be error-resistant, meaning that we can identify false philosophy and teaching. That's not always easy. And sometimes we got to be careful about that, just because we don't agree with somebody else, and we might say, well, that's, that's a worldly philosophy. You know, be careful about that. We have our disagreements. We have some different opinions. But when it comes to actual philosophy and teaching that is anti-scriptural, the way you know that is by knowing God's word. I remember many years ago someone explaining to me that worked in the government uh, in the counterfeiting. I think it was, maybe it was Wilson Fossey who worked in uh, customs and so forth and talked about the way that they, the way how, you know, they train you to, to, to know what a counterfeit bill looks like. You know how they train you to do that? By becoming very familiar with the real thing. If you study the real thing, you will know the counterfeit. You don't study counterfeits to know what they're like. You study the real thing, and then you know what a counterfeit looks like. And so the Apostle Paul says, if you, if you want to be in a situation where you can resist error, you do so by knowing the truth. And how do you know the truth? We know the truth by knowing God's Word, by reading it and searching it together, by talking about it. I appreciate many of you that are involved in various smaller discussion groups and Bible studies, Bible study fellowship, Sunday school classes. You know, we have so many different opportunities and to have a chance to, I mean, I, mean, I appreciate you being here and as we have a chance to, to present God's Word to you. But I also appreciate the opportunities that we create and you can have to talk together and to discuss this and ask questions. It's a little difficult in this context to ask questions and so forth. But we need to have time together to be involved in God's Word, to know the truth. We want our children and young people to know the truth. That's how they will know what is really counterfeit and what is is not the truth, what is fake. And then I want you to notice here that the context, you know, my tendency, because of my culture, because I've grown up in a very individualistic culture. Our Western culture is very individualistic. I remember some years ago, people were <laughs> talking about, you know, magazines, you know, um, people, then us. And waiting for the next magazine is going to be me, you know. I mean, it's like, we're so individualistic. But I want to remind you that this epistle is titled Colossians with a S on the end. It's written to the church at Colossae that is made up of individual believers. They are the Colossians. And as we read this, my first, inc- my first inclination is to always read this individually. That, that, that what Paul is saying, Jim, walk in the Lord Jesus Christ. Be rooted. Be strengthened. Overflow with thanksgiving. Don't let anybody take you captive. Know the truth. But I want to remind you that this is written to us as a group as well. And we need to continually remind ourselves when we read this, this is written to us as a group. And this is so important when we think about this concept of being rooted. You know, um, some years ago there was a study that was an article and it was a program on KUOW, one of our local public broadcasting stations, of course, here in the Northwest. It was on national news. And it had to do, it started out with a a stump out out in Olympia near the Capitol building. This is something really weird. This is something like a mystery for forest ecologists, says tree scientist, Dr. Nalini Nadkarni. She's standing in front of a strange looking tree stump in Olympia near the Capitol building. It's been cut off about a foot above the ground. On the top, you'd expect to see a flat surface covered in tree rings. But she says this stump is different. It's sort of scabbed over completely with thick bark. Bark needs a living tree to grow. So somehow this long dead stump has found a way to produce new living tissue. Scientists, like Nata believe that the secret lies under our feet. Down there, hidden under the surface, lies a vast network of tree roots. These networks are often called neighborhoods. Tree neighborhoods, tree roots can leak out sugars and other compounds into the soil. These sugars are then sucked up by neighboring roots. She says, so it's literally exchanging sugar just like I do in the neighborhood. It's like connecting blood vessels of two different people. One tree gives the other tree a permanent transfusion. There's also a downside to this kind of life support system. Trees can also transfer diseases to their neighbors, sometimes to catastrophic effect. Trees are horribly intermingled, Fisher says, another scientist. He points to the example of cottonwood trees below ground. They're connected by a network of large roots, that make them one genetic individual. And I thought of this picture of a forest of tree roots that, that, that sometimes one of, the, one of the scientists said, you know, when you see a tree, you're like seeing the tip of the iceberg when you think of what goes down below ground. And the point here is that these tree roots intermingle. It's not just an individual tree. These tree roots intermingle, and they share as a neighborhood and even bring life to a dead stump that should be dead because it's soaking up the nutrients from other roots that are helping out. And friends, this is like the family of God. This is like the church, the body of Christ. This is like our local community of faith right here. We we are like a forest. Some of you have been walking with the Lord for so many decades. Your, your roots have gone so deep. You've been you've been through everything life has to offer. <laughs> The good and the bad. And you, and you share your stories with us. And we need to share those stories. I, ho- I hope you take time to read the bodybuilder when it comes out. Because in that bodybuilder, as, as it comes out, the email it came out this week. And you'll get the one in the mail. It, it has those stories of our lives. And some of your roots are so deep. And there are others of you here whose roots are shallower. This is all new to you. You haven't had that time to put those roots down so deep. Some of you are like those those tender plants that look so fragile but but they're growing. Some of you may feel like that tree stump that's been that's been cut down and you're you're surviving on the family, the neighborhood. We're a forest. We don't just put our roots down individually. We do this collectively as a community of faith. This is why it is so important. This is why, as a pastor, with all of its challenges and difficulties, being a community of faith, why I'm so committed to the ministry of the local church. Because we are growing together. We need each other. We need to be together. You, you, your presence here is even just your presence today is such a ministry and encouragement to others. And I look around at your faces, and I know some of the some of the challenges in your lives that, and, and, and physically that some of you have been through, and different things that, that it's just difficult to even maybe be here. But but we're a family. These little children that we dedicated today it's going to be such a joy. It's going to be no time at all before they're going to be up here. And going out for children's church, and next thing they'll be on mission trips, next thing they'll be serving, next thing they'll be helping in our community. It's 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 part of being a forest. And I just want to encourage you today, friends. And I'm I'm not going to take time for the rest of this passage. There's so much here, but I just I wanted to stop here this morning and encourage you what the Bible is saying here. It is so important that we are part of a family, part of a forest. You are so important to God's work. You are so important to this forest. You are so important to the health of every individual plant and tree as well. We are to be rooted in the Lord Jesus Christ. And as you take time this week, my friend, as I take time this week, um, I've been, we've been on vacation this last week and also back in, for board meetings, and so I got behind a little bit on my Bible reading. So I've got, I don't know how many chapters and numbers to catch up here this week in a few days. Um, We made it through Leviticus, Gary, by the way. It's good. Um, And so as I read God's Word, as I spend times in God's Word, and and my roots continue to go deeper, it affects you, and you affect me. You affect my grandchildren. We are in this together. This is so important. Rooted. Well, let's just read the last part of this, and I'll just show you the points I wanted to make, and then we're going to close our service with with our song this morning. But look at this, verse 9. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And you have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head of every power and authority. In him you were also circumcised in the putting off of the sinful nature, not with the circumcision done by the hands of men, but with the circumcision done by Christ having been buried with him in baptism, raised with him through your faith in the power of God, who raised him from the dead. This is a powerful passage of scripture. Read Romans chapter 6, where this fits exactly with that. And the Apostle Paul here is talking about how complete we are in Christ because of who he is and what he has done. The first thing he says, we have been crucified. When he talks about this spiritual circumcision, the cutting off of the flesh. The idea here is it connects with Romans chapter 6. We have been crucified, cut off. We were He was cut off from the land of the living. He died on the cross at Calvary. And we, this is a big thought, friends. I know it's a big thought, but it's in the Bible. As a Christian, when I received Christ as my Savior, I was crucified with Jesus Christ. I was so identified that I was crucified with him. The Bible says here, you were buried in baptism. And the idea here, this is another spiritual act. The first is a spiritual act. It's not a physical act. It's a spiritual act. The word baptism in its literal meaning means to place into, to be placed into. I was placed into Jesus Christ's tomb. We'll have the privilege in a, in a couple months, several of us, of, of standing at the, at the garden tomb, which may or may not have been the tomb of Jesus, but it certainly looked like what it would look like And to see that open tomb and and to realize that spiritually I was placed, when when he was buried, I was buried. And the the effect of it is, Paul says here, you have been raised with him as well. You and I have already been raised and seated in the heavenlies, but we're standing here in shoreline. We're sitting here in shoreline, but we have been raised with the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a big thought. Read Romans chapter 6. It's a big thought, crucified, buried, and risen with him. What's the thought? The thought is the completeness, the completeness of this. As we study Colossians, to be encouraged in heart, and our focus today, I want to focus today especially as we conclude today, that we are united in love. We are to love one another. We don't always like one another, right? Right? Okay, sometimes we don't like each other. Sometimes that happens in families and you go through those things. But we are called to love one another. And we are to be united in this love. And as we are united in love, no matter where you are in your walk and experience with Christ, your roots are going down. And as your roots go down into the Lord Jesus Christ, they are mingling with other roots. And some of you are right now living off those roots as others help you and minister to you. But we are doing this together. We are a family. We are the church, the body of Christ. We have been crucified, buried, and risen with Him. If there's anybody on earth that has reason to rejoice today, may not always be happy but to have joy. It's the family of God because we are secure in Him. And we have the privilege today to be rooted as a family, to put our roots down deep and to soak up those nutrients that will allow us this week to live a life pleasing to God and to show others how much God loves them. As we conclude our service today, and guys, you can come up, we're going to have our final song today. As we do so, I want to remind you, if you're here today and you have never received Christ as your Savior, I don't want anybody to ever leave this place without knowing how much God loves you. God loves you so much that His Son, Jesus Christ, died on the cross to pay for your sins. He was buried. He rose. He rose. And he offers you forgiveness for sins and eternal life. And there is nothing you can do to earn it. As much as we want to, there is nothing you can do to earn it. It is a gift. You have to receive it. And I pray that if that's you today, you would open your heart. Receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. We're going to stand and worship together. Let's sing. Let's lift our voices. Let's sing the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's sing today from the joy in our hearts. Let's lift the rafters with our voices today because we love the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Rock of ages. Aren't you glad that the Lord is our rock that we can hang on to this week? Amen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we do rejoice in the hope of our salvation. Lord, we thank you so much that you have not presented us with a works-based salvation to earn your love but that you chose to love us. And there's nothing we can do to ever make you love us any more than you love us right now. You are indeed our rock. You are the rock of the ages. You've been the rock of our brothers and sisters that have walked with you centuries before. and Until you come, we'll continue to walk with you. I've had the privilege today of dedicating two precious little baby girls to you. And Lord, we look forward to that day when their roots become intertwined in faith in Jesus Christ. We think of those children that walked out of here a little while ago. Their roots are intertwined with ours. We are growing together. And I think of our young people and our students. And we think of our uh, dear seniors, uh, Lord, many who are not able to be here today, whose roots are intertwined with ours and mine. And We are a family of God. and We are not perfect, but we are a family. And Lord, I thank you. For your family, I thank you for each person here. And Lord, I just pray this morning in this quiet moment that there be a soul here today who you've opened their heart this week to the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ who died for them and paid for their sin, that they would join your family this day. And friend, I ask you, why not? Why not receive God's forgiveness and why not receive Christ as your Savior? If you'd like to pray with somebody after the service today, Pastor Gary or Kevin are down here, one of them would be glad to just step aside if you come down and to step aside and pray with you. If you have a prayer need today, brother or sister in Christ, that you'd like someone to pray with, you can come on down and they'd be glad to pray with you today. Believe this place rejoicing in the Lord Jesus Christ, our precious, precious Savior. In His name, all God's people can say together Amen. Amen.